Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. Want to hear a funny story from the road? Yes, of course. I was was preaching not long ago, and it was my first time at the church. So I go into the front row, and I hadn't met the pastor or his wife before the meeting. So I'm standing next to the pastor's wife, and she doesn't even, like, look over at me. So then they say, greet the person next to you. So I figured I'll be like, I'll be like a, a nice Christian. And even though she hasn't said one word to me or hello or welcome me to the church, I'll just be nice. So I reach over to shake her hand and she just like stares blankly at me and won't, won't even put her hand out to take my hand. So finally she like reluctantly puts her hand up and still just has this like expressionless look on her face. So at that point I was already like irritated. And plus it was early in the morning, so I, I had like had enough. So I went, I shook her hand and went, hey, sorry you had to say hello to me at your own church this morning. My deepest apologies. And her husband leaned over and went, my wife's blind. <gasps> no, stop it. Oh, yeah, is that, that real? That's horrible. That really happened. And they asked me to stay an extra week for God knows what reason. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was over after that. So... Oh. My I gosh. want to tell you something before we start. Uh, <laughs> before we start talking, what state are you in today, anyway? Today I am in New York, packing up and moving to Florida. Oh, you are. Yes, yes. If, if everything goes according to plan, you'll be in Florida when? End of the month. End of the month. Mm-hmm. Well, way to go! Surprised you could find a U-Haul. I know. Seriously. It's, it's, everyone is leaving the state. It's like, we're like cockroaches. We're just like leaving. Like the light has been, it's, it just, it's this, this whole state. First of all, I've been wanting to leave the state for years. I've been begging the Lord, Lord, take me out of New York. And why, what what, what did you start? What did you start to not like about it? Um, well, first of all, I grew up here and I am not, I'm not a city girl. I have family that have farms in Russia. You know, I love the outdoors. I love animals. Uh, but really the reason why I wanted to leave New York so abruptly was in 2017, the Lord gave me a word. Um, and it really shook me. And, um, he was telling me these people are not prepared and what's coming in the cities are not going to be good. Um, and you know, when, when the time comes and, and I thought, Hmm, interesting. So, so I've been begging the Lord ever since then, like, Lord, take me out of New York. And he told me not yet. And then last year I heard him say, um, so clearly he said, within a year, you're moving out of New York. And it was like music to my ears. And sure enough, it's almost exactly a year now. Like we're, we're approaching the 12 month mark and, um, he's already orchestrating the move completely. Cause he didn't tell me where I'm moving to until recently. Uh, until, until I was at Occupy with Pastor Rodney, he said, you're moving to Florida. How's your mom, uh, how's your mom feel about you being far further away? She's excited. She's coming with. Oh, that's good. <laughs> she's coming with, I wasn't sure if she's going to come with me. And then the Lord told me she's coming with me. So I'm excited. I, I'm really close with my mom. She's my best friend and she's, yeah, I take care of her. So she's going to come with me. So I'm, I want to tell you how I found you initially and then, and then yes. I'll let you give your, uh, your testimony. So pro- probably the stuff you don't care to talk about much anymore was how, how I found you because we got our first laptop. My wife and I saved up and got a laptop. And then that was back when full tilt, I used to watch that show poker after dark 
Yes, me too. And uh, and they and they would advertise full tilt poker. So they had those free roll tournaments. And uh, do you remember? Did you play on full tilt or poker stars or neither? Oh, I played on all of them. I played on full tilt. I played on poker stars. Yeah, I played on all of them. Well, full tilt had that eleven o'clock p.m. free roll. And yep. if you want yep. it, if you want it, you got fifteen dollars, then like ten for second, and a bunch of dollar payouts. So I won the. Um, or I got I got in third and fourth place in the same night, so I ended up with like nine dollars in my account, which I never gambled any of my own money. But I want to say as a disclaimer <laughs> for people listening. So I won the nine dollars in the free roll, and then I started playing one and two cent uh, penny uh, penny tables, and I ended up working it up to like forty four hundred dollars before Black Friday. When was that? That's we're coming up on that, right? Was that April? When did they shut everything I down? Yeah, it was in springtime. I, yeah, I don't it, remember if it was, it was March or now. April. I feel like it was in March. It I was, remember I opened. It was. It was. I it think was it was a bad March day. 15th. Yeah, yes. I remember mm -hmm. I opened my my laptop to play, and I clicked the app, and that Department of Justice <laughs> federal seal came up. It's, yeah, I slammed my laptop pretty hard. But anyway, I I got really into it. I I got Doyle Brunson books and. Then I started watching TV, and then that was around the time. What was the year that you went real deep in the World Series of Poker main event? Uh, that was 2016. Tell me about I know, I know it's not uh, your favorite thing to talk about anymore, but I. 2015, actually. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm interested. So t tell me about that tournament, how it went, and where they held it. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, I talk about it. Um, so in 2015, yeah, I went deep. This was right after I filmed Survivor, and I got back, and everyone was you know, wanting interviews and asking me questions because because it was it was um, it was a rumor going around, but I wasn't allowed to confirm it until CBS confirmed that I was a contestant. Uh, we you know we signed all these contracts. You're going to get sued, and you know million dollars this and million dollars that. You're going to get sued, and I'm like ah. So I didn't say a word, and everyone's like just tell us. I'm like I cannot confirm nor deny. Okay, you guys get the point. So they finally you know realize okay this is true, but um, yeah I went deep. I, I what was it? I went deep. Um, I got knocked out right before day four. Uh, it was wow. a brutal, br dude, crazy hand. I still remember it, obviously. Tell crazy hand, freaking you, you hand, told, which I could have told. It's one uh, of the worst I, knockouts I've ever heard. Yeah, I was in the, uh, was, I was in the big blind. And no, was it, wait, wait, was I in the big blind? Yeah, I was in the big blind. This is ridiculous. I had pocket jacks in the big blind. And so this guy opened in um, the cutoff position and I thought, oh, interesting, just trying to steal my blinds. And he's a really good player. He's a professional. He's a professional. I forgot, uh, Kyle something. I forgot his last name, but he's, he's on the circuit. You know, he's, he's real good. And he, he opens and um, I should have just, you know, just called, but I, I three bet and he, he uh, called and I thought, hmm, interesting. The flop comes. I think it was, uh, yeah, it was ace high. He flopped a set. Oh, but which, by the way, he had aces, okay? He had freaking aces. And I'm trying to remember how many big blinds I had. I think I had like 40 or 45 big blinds. Oh, so you were in and good shape? I was in great shape, doing well, just cruising, taking pots, you know, being aggressive in moments, you know, bluffing because I have the female image there. So I, I'm probably talking over some people's heads because they're like, what's big blinds? But anyway, so um, anyway, so the flop comes ace high, and it was like two low cards. And I checked and he checked and I thought, that's weird. Why would he check here? Because you would always, um, you'd always continuation, but you'd always see bet. You'd always bet that flop because you're trying to show me that you have an ace, you know, and you check. That was weird. The turn comes, it comes a jack. 
I flop, oh. I, I turn a set. And I knew in my spirit, I mean, this is before I was an, a, a Christian, but I yeah, had but you really, the I still had the discernment, you know, gifts come without repentance. So I, I had just, I didn't realize I was operating in the spirit for a long time playing poker, you know, discerning spirits, discerning if they're lying to me, bluffing and this and that. I would hear people's thoughts. I would know their cards. It was the craziest thing. And I made, you know, good money from poker doing it. Like, Lord, forgive me. But, um, but, but anyway, I had no idea. So, uh, so the turn comes, I check call, uh, he bets. So I check, he bets, I call the river comes, a, a, you know, just an X, just like whatever card. Um, I check, he bets, I re-raise, he goes all in. I go, shoot, I'm stuck here. Why did I re-raise? I should have just called him because the whole thing was just off. Even though I, I, and by the way, the river came a full house. So I think it paired the board. It was like ace, um, 10, two, jack, two. And, you know, I, I have a full house and I almost folded. I sat there for a solid, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And I said, you have aces. I know you do. It's just like the only hand. You, I'm like, why would you, you, you check the flop? Like, oh, and I knew he had it. And I was like, dang it. I'm such an idiot. I should have just called. But at that, at that point, so mad at blinds, myself. At, at that point, I know that high, you have to, even if you yeah. know they have aces, you're committed. I'm committed. Um, I have pretty much 90% of my chips in the middle. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. But I really almost folded, but I, I couldn't. So I just, I called and he shows me aces. I go, shoot, I freaking knew it. How lucky are you? Aces to jacks. You flop an ace. I turn to jack. Anyway, guys, I'm wearing a subtype poker because it might be a little crazy. But crazy hand, deep, deep in the uh, World Series of Poker. Really annoying because... I was right. I was right near the money, which was annoying too. <laughs> oh, oh, only hand that could have beat you. Only hand that could have beat me. Only, only one. Only one. Ace um, king got him dead. You know, I would have took all his money if he had ace king. Dang that, it! <laughs> that was when I found you because I, I used to watch. I still uh, that Poker Go app where they live stream the high the high roller table at um, Aria. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I still watch that because I I think it's the best television there is with <laughs> people playing their, their own money. There's nothing like it. So yeah, no, I found it's, you that it's way. Fun. So you were you were on Survivor huh. before that. Yeah, so I filmed Survivor right before. So I filmed Survivor Mar uh, in April, actually March, April of 2015. Then obviously the World Series of Poker is that summer. And then I got back, you know, and then um, 2016 came around is when it finally aired. So my show aired a year after I filmed it in February of 2016. And so, yeah. Tell me, uh, <laughs> tell me what Survivor was like off camera. Yeah, Survivor is legit. It's real. It's hard. It's fun. Um, it, you know, attracted me when I was younger because it's a game of skill and adjusting and reading people. And it was all the same attributes that I really enjoyed about poker. Poker, it's the same thing. It's a psychology game. You're reading people. You're discerning what's going on. You're adjusting to the situation. There's a beginning game, middle game, end game. So they're very similar, and I fell in love with both at the same time when I was 18. Um, Survivor's real. The hardest thing, everyone I was asking, what's the hardest thing? What's the easiest thing? Okay, so the hardest thing by far is bedtime. Go to sleep. You're, you're trying to fall asleep on this really uncomfortable bamboo bed that you made with your friends with your contestant friends, and you can't get comfortable. The time you finally get comfortable and fall asleep, all you hear all night is mosquitoes everywhere. I'm hitting them and killing them all night long. There is no net. There is no mosquito spray. There's nothing. There's no, there's, there's no insect repellent at all, like at all. You just get sunscreens. So you don't get burned. 
because they don't want to get sued. Um, and that's it. So you really are living out in the wild and we're, you know, we're living on a beach, but it was, it was tough. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I was, this was right before I became a Christian and I kept saying over and over again, I feel my mom's prayers because my mom's a Christian. I was like, I feel my mom's prayers. I feel my mom's prayers. Um, the, you know, there was, there was just, I just had such energy. I felt such peace. I had such clarity. I, I had so much energy when everyone else was lethargic and like laying around, like, you know, like just like dead, dead, dead fish. They're just like laying around. And I, I had so much energy and, um, you know, the Lord miraculously gave me a fish when I was really hungry. I mean, it was, it was tough, but it was also really fun. And I was, I was, I was excelling at it really well and people couldn't oh, yeah. understand how I had so much energy. No, that was supernatural. If it wasn't, if it wasn't the number one show at the time, it was close, right? Yeah, you know, Survivor has always been number one um, for a long time. But, you know, I can't believe it. I was on season 32. Who knew it would go that far? But even on our finale, we had like 35, 35 million people watching. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. So your, your, mother, your mother got born again in Russia or in the United States? In the United States, yeah. Tell me how, tell me how she got saved. That's got to be an interesting story because it's not like... Uh, a normal yeah. progression to, to move to New York and find, find the Lord. I know it's not. Well, she got saved through the Russian community. And what happened was she, my dad was leaving at the time. My dad was divorcing her. Um, I was 13 and uh, my mom was really devastated and became depressed and got really sick and she couldn't walk. I mean, she, literally couldn't walk. She could, she couldn't get out of bed. And it wasn't even like just depression. It was, it was depression full of like her, her, her joints. Like she just couldn't move. And, um, you know, obviously a lot of spiritual oppression and she got miraculously healed by the name of the Lord through the Holy spirit wow. that touched her head to toe. And she knew that God was real and she gave her life to the Lord and she never looked back. Um, and that was another reason why my dad left because when she started finding faith during that process, my dad said, okay, it's Jesus or me. And my mom said, I picked Jesus. I, how can I not? He's, how can I pick man over God? I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, praise the Lord she did that, you know. And it's so interesting coming full circle because my dad is an atheist Jew for now. And, um, the, but the Lord showed me my dad believing. The Lord showed me my dad is going to believe. And it's so funny because recently he's listening to when I'm actually, I, I, I went through the Old Testament with him the other day on Resurrection Sunday, um, I went through the Old Testament with him and showed him all the prophecies of Messiah, and he was listening the entire time. And he's open. Or before, he's, before he wouldn't have listened? Yeah, before it was like, okay, let's change the subject. Okay, I say God or I say Jesus. All right, let's change the subject. All right, how are you doing? And it's so funny because I, I said in my spirit, this was a few months ago, I said, Lord, every time I say Jesus, he turns off the conversation. It's, it's, I feel, I, I just feel it in the spirit. His spirit pulls back and he's done or he'll say something, you know? And, and, and I heard it so clearly. I heard, stop saying the name Jesus. I said, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. What do you mean? I'm not going to say the name Jesus. And then I heard this, start saying the word Messiah. Wow. And I thought, wow, that's brilliant because he's Jewish. Brilliant. Jesus is like a, a triggering word. 
it's a triggering word. It's a curse word. You don't say that word. You don't wear the cross around the family. I mean, I've been, I, you know, as a Christian, I still go to the Passovers and this and that. And even though they stopped inviting me last year, before <laughs> I used to come with my cross, my dad was like, can you, can, you, can you take your cross off, please? I said, sure. You know, I'm going to respect them. Fine. I'll take it off if it triggers you guys. Now I'm doing love, but I'll, t- I'll talk to you about the Messiah. Anyway, so as soon as the Lord told me that, start saying, stop saying Jesus, start saying Messiah, it changed everything. Because from then on, I just kept saying Messiah, and he doesn't turn off the conversation. And I was sitting with my stepmom and my dad this this past Sunday, talking to them about the Messiah. And my stepmom goes, well, what is Messiah? How do you say that in Hebrew? And uh, Because they know a little bit, very little Hebrew. And my dad burst out, Messiah. He knew. He said, he knew. He said, Messiah. And I, and I looked at him. I had no idea he knew the word in Hebrew at all. And that's, and it hit me. That's why the Lord had me say Messiah. Number one, he's Jewish. Number two, he knows the word Messiah. He knows what it stands for. So when I said, can I show you something in the Old Testament? And, and he said, sure. And I showed it to him. He went upstairs, got me the Torah, although it was in Russian and Hebrew. You know, I pulled up my, my, my Bible app on my phone and, and it, was, it was so powerful. And let me tell you, I prayed. I said, Lord, give him a sign. Jews need to see a sign. Lord, would you show him a sign? Would you give him a dream? Would you show him a sign? Literally, the two days ago, uh, on Tuesday, my, my dad sent me a, a picture. I got to send you this picture, Jonathan. He texted me, and I couldn't believe it. Wait, can I stay in the app? And then also, okay. Yeah, send it, this picture. It, it lets you do it. Okay, perfect. Let me um, text you this picture. So my dad sent me this, and he said, look what I just found on my beach. And I couldn't believe what I saw. A giant cross no. with Jesus on it, ginormous, on his beach. I'm trying to find this picture so I can send it to you. I mean, I couldn't believe it here. It must have freaked him out. I'm sure it did. I mean, literally huge. It's probably six by six feet deep. Someone carved out in the sand a massive cross with Jesus on it. And normally my dad would like walk by it, never say anything. You know what I mean? He would just be oh, like, oh, wow. That's amazing. He took a isn't that amazing? He took a picture. And I have to post this, actually. So no, he, I am going to post he, this he was on my Telegram. He was still thinking about what you were talking to him about then. 100%. Because the Spirit of the Lord fell, and I was drunk. I mean, I was drunk under the anointing. And I even asked them, I said, do you guys feel that? And I was just so drunk. And they were like, no, we don't get it. And I prayed for them. And I just knew it was a confirmation of what the Lord told me years ago, that my father is going to believe. Like, the Lord showed me a vision me ministering on stage and him being in the audience and and the lord told me he's i said why why do i see my dad here and the lord said he he believes and i said jesus like it's been my heart's cry for my entire jewish family which most of them are atheist to find the lord and to be saved and to be set free because you know they're they're good people but they're just they're broken they're lost they're miserable really you know deep down inside so man that's my heart's cry that is a great story and the the pictures will blow you away yeah i'm gonna post it on my telegram guys if you find me at anna kate on telegram i'll post it there how it's is telegram I, you know you, you've you've I'm gone to kid. search you've gone to search another app since youtube's cracking down well uh it's because of twitter so so twitter sucks now twitter was always my favorite account i had like three hundred thirty-five thousand people I following saw knocked, and i saw they knocked you down like fifty thousand. And then are Almost they like are they limiting the reach of your tweets too? That too. So they knocked me down almost seventy thousand people within a week, and you know usually my tweet my tweets go pr- pretty quickly viral, and it's just like 
100 likes. I'm like, what the hell? Like I have 272,000 followers. How do I have 100 likes? This doesn't make any sense. So I'm super irritated. I jumped over to Telegram. I mean, I still tweet and it's, it's better now, but I love Telegram. I say whatever I want. Um, I mean, I say whatever I want on Twitter also. That hasn't stopped me, but I just, I just like Telegram. I just, Tell I me like how that. Telegram works. I'm not on there. Yeah, you just make an account and uh, you can make a channel or a group. And so with a channel, only you can post there, but people can comment on each post, which is basically like Twitter. And so you want to make that channel. You can make a group where everyone is chatting and, you know, uh, you'll see everyone's posts, which I have both. So I have a Telegram channel and I have a Telegram group chat. So everyone, so I can interact with you guys as well. So, um, yeah, I started and I jumped up pretty quick. And so I go there and I share some things. Sometimes I, sometimes like I want a smaller audience. I don't want to share everything on Twitter because right. it's pretty big following. So sometimes I'll do something really personal on um, Telegram. So I, I like that avenue as well because I have 14,000 on Telegram and it's, it's, just a, it's just a smaller group. <clears throat> so when you got your second strike on YouTube, how, how long ago was that? <laughs> that was last week. And did they, was it a recent broadcast or did they go hunting back through your old broadcast? They went hunting back to my old broadcast. You know, I used to, I used to have something called a gathering. I still do, but since November 2nd, where we pray for the president and the election every single day for 97 nights. And every night we basically talked about the Trump and the election fraud and we had people prophesying and praying and it was, it was so, people were getting saved on stream. I mean, it was powerful, but they're going back in time. They went to night 47, which was probably, you know, December. Uh, January, end of December, January, and um, next to January. And they're just they're just going through all of it, and they gave me a second strike, and obviously three strikes, you're out. So I, I had to delete all of my um, freaking gathering videos. It's so that's, frustrating. That's we, had to, we had to do the same thing. Yeah, my, my YouTube manager called me, and I said, no, I'm not deleting it. He said, you have to, Anna. I said, I'm going to put it on private. He said, they're still going to see it. The bots still go through videos, even if they're unlisted, even if they're private, you have to delete it. I said, oh, I was devastated. I saw I deleted it. And I thought, you know what? No one's going to watch old broadcasts anyway. And there's hours and there's, I mean, there's thousands of hours. We were live sometimes for six, seven hours. We right. would get into prayer. The Holy Spirit would take over. People were getting healed. I mean, words of knowledge would come. I mean, I was baffled by what the Lord was doing on the, on the show every single night. You're, li- you're listening to, to Anna Kate. And if you're, if you're on stereo <laughs> listening to us, one of the great things on this app is that you can interact. So that little play button that's at the bottom, you um, you hit it, leave a voice message. If you have a question you want to ask her or a prayer request, you heard her talking about her family and believing for them to get saved. If you're in a sim- similar situation, Anna's good at praying. I- I've heard her. That's so great. Where I found you, I didn't <laughs> I didn't know you were a Christian, you know? So when I uh, I saw you on Periscope and tuned in and you were praying in tongues, I thought, Wow. She, she's a real, she's, she's like a, she's all in. So yes. you can leave those. Here's a couple that we have. This is AJ. I feel this same way about New Jersey. I've been wanting to move out because it's, it's almost starting to model everything that New York is doing or wants to do. So I, I, I would like to move out of New Jersey. That's AJ thinking out loud. Here's a uh, Makai. You guys have amazing poker faces right now. <laughs> that's Makai. <my, my> <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> not, not bad. So you, you can leave those and, uh, and we'll respond to you. So 
that's great. Your mother's coming down with you. What did your dad think about it? Oh my gosh, the funniest thing. So I, I, um, I called my dad and my stepmom on FaceTime because I, I have to, I'm about to break the news that I'm moving to Florida, that I'm probably going to go to Bible school. And, you know, I have a pastor down there. And um, so I called them on FaceTime and I said, you know, dad, I, I have some news. And he said, what? Because I was traveling at the time. I would have came over. But he, I told him, I said, I'm, move, I'm actually going to be going to Bible school. And I was fully expecting them, you know, my stepmom who believes in God and, you know, the, you know in, 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 in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and my dad is an atheist. And the first thing she bursts out and says, I knew it. I told your father you would be going to Bible school. I knew it. And my dad smiled. <laughs> he said, okay, that's great news. Awesome. And I said, what? That, that's your reaction? Awesome? Like, what? I mean, if I would have told him this five years ago, they would have hung up the phone on me. Yeah, yeah, they guys, would have been like, you know. Guys get more mellow when they get older. I that, see that. Dads are, dads are like that. Because my grandfather was like a, a rough guy. And then it, when he got in his like mid-70s, mid not that your dad's that old, but I don't know. Yeah. They just, they, they kind of get calm. That's so cool. And, and you know what? The, 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 the other little thing that she said at the end, which made me laugh, Jonathan, you're going to laugh at this. My stepmom said, Okay, you're gonna go to Bible school. Does so you can get a job from that, right? <laughs> well, well, they're, they're smart. You know, your parents are they're smart so people. Cute. Yeah. Well, a lot of people when we have when we have kids get called into the ministry in our meetings, a lot of the girls, if they if their parents don't come from a Christian background or if they're Catholic, they like cry and think they're gonna become a nun and they'll never have grandkids because they right. they don't have any reference point, you know. Right, exactly. Well, the, and the thing is, is that I haven't told my dad what the Lord told me years ago. Like right after I got saved, I said, Lord, when he took me out of poker, I said, Lord, do you want me to go, go, go to medical school? Am I going back to medical school? The Lord said, no, you're going to be doing full-time ministry. And so um, I haven't told my dad that yet, that I'm doing full-time ministry. So I'm kind of weaving them in slowly. Like, yeah, I'm sure. doing Bible school. Like, yeah, I can get a job. Yeah, exactly. And so just, I don't, I'm not going to, you know, just drop the bomb. But they're going to see, you know, and it's super cute. And the, one more thing, too. I said, Dad, um, I actually want to fly you and my stepmom out for your birthdays, which is in summer. I said, I want to fly out to, to meet my pastor, Pastor Rodney. And I want you to, you know, check, check, out, the, check out the facility in the school before I go. Even though I don't need his permission, you know, I'm, in, I'm, I'm 32, you know, but, but I still was like, I would love you to meet Pastor Rodney. Um, and I was fully expecting him to say, no, I'm okay. God is working on his heart because he said, oh, I'd love to. I'd love to meet your pastor. I'd love to go to service. And I said, what? Are you serious? Yeah, that's what he said. And I, I, t I called Pastor Rodney and I said, Pastor, um, I'm bringing my atheist dad to come meet you. And he's fully on board to come. And he said, great. I can't wait to meet him. I said, great. Because, you know, it's, I, I, I've said enough. You know, I've, I've said enough. And I need other people to tell him, especially like a man to man. My dad is a manly man. My dad is a super good man. And he resonates and, and sees genuinely good men. And so Pastor Rod is like, you know, a manly man who's a good hearted. And I just can't wait for my dad to meet him. I feel like it's, he's really going to be able to minister to my father. So. My dad said yes, so I'm taking him probably in June, August, or something to wow, Pastor Rodney. Wow, that, that, that's that's a miracle. <laughs> that is a miracle. I couldn't believe he said yes because go to church. What? Like and, no. and go and go to like a full out Holy Ghost <laughs> church meeting. That you know, I know you don't hear about I, that a lot. Yeah, exactly. And you know what's funny is this past Sunday I said, yeah, you know, people get healed at his church and. You know, there's there's miracles that happen in, in anointed churches. And my stepmom jumped in and she said, 
I've never seen anyone get healed. I've never seen demons come out of people. I want to see that. Where do I see that? She's so cute. And I was like, well, you see it. I said, it can even happen outside. It doesn't have to happen in a building. I said, someone who believes in God is full of the Holy Spirit can do it. And I said, it's exactly what's in the Bible. I've seen it everywhere. I said, well, when I, when you guys fly down to Florida, you'll, you'll see it. You'll see healings. You'll see signs and miracles and wonders. And you'll, you'll know the Bible's real. Tell me, uh, how, how old were you when you gave your life to the Lord? I was 28 years old. How did you go? How did you go down the road that you're on now? How, why are you not just like a like half saved New York City Christian? What what got you like full in to, to the Holy wow. Ghost? I had radical encounters with God, radical, multiple. Um, one being when I was 18 years old as an atheist in Jerusalem at the Western Wall, blaspheming God saying, look at these idiots praying to a God that doesn't exist when the Lord opened the heavens for me. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea it was the Holy Spirit. I had no idea it was the glory of God. But all of a sudden, it was like liquid love filled me up, head to toe. I felt the most amazing emotions, joy, happiness, exhilaration, pleasure. Like I thought, I I felt, I, I can pinpoint every single emotion. And times, I don't know why I say this, but times every emotion by 10,000. That's the only way I can describe it. And, and multiply them all together and add them all together. And it wasn't even close to how I was feeling. It was the most amazing thing. And I knew in my spirit, even though I didn't know I had a spirit at the time, I, I thought I was an atheist, blaspheming God and his people. And um, I knew in my spirit, this is what heaven feels like 24 seven. Mm. And I, and I kept looking up and I knew up, I didn't think God, but I said up, that is home. I kept looking up is home. That is what I was created for. And the other thing I knew, it was like, it was just a word of knowledge that came in. So it was a revelation that came to my spirit. I knew this is what I heard. This is what I heard. This is why the devil created drugs to mimic the Holy Spirit. Wow. And and, And it all made sense because I was feeling like, you know, just this surge of just like, just this rush of emotions, like the most amazing emotions that, um, that I'm sure that's what drugs do, you know? And, but it was, it was so holy. It was so awesome. It was so cool. And then I never knew what it was. I never knew what it was until 28 years old. Um, and then, you know, I said, Lord, you know, are you real? Show me you're real. Um, I, I'm broken. I don't want to play poker. I'm miserable. I don't, I don't like living with this boyfriend. Him and I are fighting all the time. And, um, and so the Lord spoke to me in a radical way two weeks later through someone and said, you're, you're asking if God is real. God is real. You felt the Holy Spirit. And I said, no, I didn't. He said, yes, you did. Think. And I said, well, something happened to me 10 years ago when I was 18 in Jerusalem. And I told him the story and he was like, you don't get it. That was the Holy Spirit. Another thing that happened, by the way, at, when I was 18, I heard thousands of beautiful voices singing. Thousands, thousands and thousands. And I was looking where, where, around. Where, where and were you? I was at the Western Wall. I was at the Wailing Wall, which is the last piece of God's holy temple. You know, on one side of the Jews and Christians praying, on the other side of the Palestinians. And um, it's, it's the last remnant, you know, the little bit of, of I shouldn't say remnant, because we're his remnant. Um, we're his church. We're his holy temple now. But um, it, it, was, it was where yeah, the, the Jews... Yeah, the building, and um, you know, every stone did fall down. But there's there there's a few that are like left, um, and um, and it was powerful, man. It was so so powerful. I never knew what it was. Ten years later, I did, 
And I've had multiple radical encounters. I mean, I've had encounters with the devil as well. Um, not specifically the devil, but with, with demons. I mean, uh, three times I've woken up with something sitting on me. I didn't see him, but I, I felt a presence sitting on my stomach with a hand to my throat choking me. I couldn't breathe. I was trying to scream Jesus, trying to scream help. Nothing came. And actually, one day, one of the experiences, this is a few years ago, um, I, the Lord came into my room. And I knew it was him. I didn't see him, but I knew it was him. This, this peace came in my room. And as soon as I couldn't like breathe, I couldn't breathe any, I couldn't like, I was, I, I was like, I'm choking. You know, it was like 20 seconds of, it felt like hours, you know, it felt like a long right. time. Um, and the moment where I'm like, I'm passing out, you know, the, the presence of the Lord came and the peace just came and this thing flew off of me. And it literally, that peace lulled me to sleep lulled me to sleep. So I've, I've, I've had experiences like with, with the enemy. I had experience. My, the Lord took me to hell in a dream. Um, uh, Lord gave me, you know, uh, prophetic words for people, demons coming out. I mean, the whole thing, the whole Bible, like I've seen it all. And so there's no way you can be lukewarm when the Lord radically shows you who he is, shows you how the real the enemy how real the enemy is and i mean i could never go back i just love the lord and and like you were saying before like with me i go all in i'm a very passionate person when i love something when i'm into something i'm all in i'm all in there's just no way anyone's going to take me off that course and so that's how i am with god and it just gets stronger every day and i'm so grateful i'm so grateful he didn't have to do this but i know he's real there's no way i'm ever going to live in the world again ugh that's nope, awesome. no thanks <laughs> if you uh if you'd like to leave a comment for Anna or ask her to pray for you or your family or whatever you're going through, you can do that on on uh, the app you're watching on right now that on that little voice message button that's below our heads. Here's Akeem, if it's who I think it is from Uganda. Hey Jonathan, hey Anna. Um this is Akeem all the way from Zambia. Zambia. What you guys are sharing. And I saw on your Instagram that you had um, your poker uh, picture up and someone asked some guy who looks weird like in a beard and everything that where in the Bible does it say that Christians should play poker? So what would you guys say to that both Jonathan and Anna? What do you say to people wondering this? All right, let me, go, let, let me go first. Great question. Go ahead. Because uh, your answer might, might be different than mine. First of all, I just put the poker hashtag up. We're not, we're not promoting poker. We just put the hashtag up because there's a lot of poker fans, and I figured they'd want to hear from uh, one, of the, one of the notable players from, from the big poker boom. Poker, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible Christians should, <laughs> should play poker. We're not voting poker. So I guess if that's the question... That's my only answer. I will say this. I've never played poker with my, my own money. Poker is not out-and-out out gambling, like slot machines and, and roulette and everything. And I'm invested in stocks right now, and honestly, and I'm not promoting playing poker, I would, I would advise against it. But I will tell you, it, the stock market, even studied up on it, feels more like gambling than poker. Poker is almost like chess with with money involved. It, it, the stuff Anna was saying in the beginning about reading people and all that, it, you know, at least you're the one that's in control and it's different. It's why they always put it in the back of the casino. So you have to walk by all the other stuff to get to it and walk by all the other stuff on your way out. They don't really make any money on, on poker because it's the only game that it's all 
people at the table and the house, you know, like if you're playing blackjack, the house deals and then the house, the rules are in the house's favor. It's all players at the table. So it's impossible for everybody to lose money. Somebody ha has to make money at the table. So that's my, uh, that's my little take on poker. I'm not, again, don't take my comments like I'm promoting you to play. But one reason why I don't, it, you know, like when I, when I interviewed or, or when I was asking you questions about it, and it's not like, like to me, I know a lot of Christians, if they were going to talk to you about your past playing poker, it would be like mm -hmm. the equivalent that you were a human trafficker or whatever. But for me, it's like that you were a baseball player. You know what I mean? It's like, right. Right. it's a game. So go ahead with your answer. Yeah, that's, and, and listen, this is a great question. Absolutely. I get this question all the time and I love to talk about this and, and I love, and, and I don't mind when Christians ask me about my past because it is my past. And I have to tell you just real, like the real deal when the Lord touched me, uh, which I didn't know was the Lord because I was still an atheist. When I got back from survivor one day, one, one morning I woke up and my addiction, cause I didn't realize it was an addiction to, to survivor and to poker was gone um, because I didn't realize poker was an addiction to me. I love the game. I, I, I totally agree with what Jonathan's saying. This is not, it's not real gambling, you know, because gambling is slot machines. You, but you're, it you're is, it is addictive. <laughs> but it is addicting. Exactly. And it was an idol to me. And here's what's crazy. From that day when, the, when I didn't realize it was God, I didn't play any more after that. I wow. tried to actually, I try, I literally tried to my, my boyfriend that I was living with at the time we broke up, obviously when the Lord said, um, this relationship is done. Um, and when like, I try to play two more times, literally try to play Jonathan. And I, in my spirit, I hated it. It was the weirdest thing because I loved poker for 10 years. For 10 years, I was addicted, obsessed, played 24 seven and would travel the world playing, you know, would be up in the morning and first thing in breakfast, eating breakfast, playing poker, playing the, you know, the cash games and poker tournaments all night long. I mean, every single day I lived it, I breathed it. I, I loved it. And I was addicted and obsessed. It was, it was a stronghold in my life. And the, when the Lord touched me, it was gone. I didn't want to play anymore for six months. I was living with my, with my ex and I, I didn't want to play. This is before I became a Christian. Six months of, of living in like law, like in Wonderland. Like, why am I not wanting to play anymore? This is crazy. I tried to play two times and I literally had a, to play two hands those two times. And I, I had like quads. I got defeated quads over like a, a straight flush over quads. Like it was something crazy. Like the craziest things were happening. And my ex said, how are you playing? How are you not playing? And the hands you do play, you're getting crushed in such a crazy way. <laughs> and I was done. And let me tell you, I never look back. I don't want to play anymore. I have, I've been invited to charity poker tournaments with celebrities and this and that. And I, I refuse it. I, I don't even want to play charity. I don't even want to play for free. And so I don't condone poker at all. I say, be really careful with it. Um, I think, but let me tell you, I think it's okay to play casually with friends for fun. And, you know, you, you, it's fine. If you're not playing for money, it's fine for having fun. Here's the thing. When you're in the real world, when you're playing against people who are sometimes have no money. Listen, I sat at the table with people. I knew it was their last hundred dollars. I knew it. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know the person, but I discerned it. I knew it was their last money. And this is before, again, I was a Christian. This is before I was a Christian. I knew it was, I couldn't take it from them. I had the winning hand. I kid you not, Jonathan. I sold it. I said, take it. I literally knew it was their last money that they had. I can, it was all over their body, all over their facial expressions. And I couldn't, I couldn't take, I couldn't take it from them. And, well, that, and that was something wow, that, that was stirring a, in my heart. You're a great Christian and a terrible poker player. <laughs>
I know, right? And I could, I couldn't, I didn't, I haven't even, I've never even shared that story, but it was brewing in my heart already that there are ramifications. You know, when you're playing for real money against people who, who are, who are coming there to gamble, who have an addiction, who maybe it's their last money, it's such a negative thing to be a part of. So when right. gam- like gambling like that, I am completely against, I think it's okay if you play with your friends, like three people, four people, you know, having fun with like some fake chips and I know like it's a big deal. Uh, do I have any want or, or need or obsession anymore? Absolutely not. I have not played for, what is it now, since I got saved. Um, since those, those two, two hands I played after, after I said enough. Uh, what was that? 2015. 2015. That was the last time I played. Never played again. Um, it is, so, great it question. Is very, it is a very addictive game because when you're up, you're, you're high as a kite and don't want to stop playing. I mean, if you're up... <laughs> You could play a long time. And then yeah. when you're down, you don't, you want to win your money back. So it's almost like whatever happens, it's very difficult to stop playing. Yeah, it's a stronghold. And that's why it's something that, you know, you just got to be careful not to get tied into because it, it can get you real quick. And, yeah, and um, I, I like the way you say it because, you know, yeah, it, it, it can be addictive. But there's people addicted to all kinds of stuff. You know, if you're playing, what's the difference with poker? Somebody who's playing 36 holes of golf every day and then taking their lunch hour to go to the driving range. You know, it's, it's like anything. Yeah, you got to let it control your life. All right, here's yeah. Akeem again. Uh, this one's for you, Jonathan, because I know how sometimes the church reacts to these things like to do with poker and all that, it's sin and all that. Would you accept tithe money from a poker or gambling table? Oh, oh, oh yeah. You know, here's the thing within the ministry when people put money in, it's clean, no matter how dirty the money is, it's clean when it, when it comes into your hands, the way it violates ethics is if a a poker player were to come to my church or a gambler or a, or a drug, uh, drug dealer, if they're giving you the money, um, and asking you to please not talk about that anymore. And you take it. If there's strings attached, that's where it's wrong. And uh, an, an example would be if somebody, or I'll tell you another example. The only time I've ever turned back money to somebody that's, that's, that I know got the money through bad means is when I knew, like one time I finished preaching and I could tell this guy while I was preaching was very convicted that he needed to get saved. And when I gave the altar call, he didn't come up and get saved. So then he walks up to me as soon as I finish preaching and hands me like several thousand dollars. He says, here, I want to give this for, for your ministry. I think what you're doing is a great job. And I handed it back to him because I knew that was his way of like, I'm not going to get saved, but I'm going to mm-hmm. almost like to alleviate the tension off of himself. Like I'm going right. to do this. And to he would have felt it, right. If I took the money, he would have felt like the equivalent that he got saved, but he didn't. So I handed him his money back and that was, that was early in my ministry when I could have really used it. And I said, uh, I said, I'm not taking your money. I I said, you know, and I told him what I just said now. I said, God was convicting you to to receive Jesus Christ. He's not, he doesn't want your money. He was a business guy. And uh, that's like what Al Capone did. Al Capone built some of the nicest churches in Chicago because it's a way to like use money to alleviate conviction from sin. So if I feel someone's doing that, that's the only way. Because otherwise, you know, poker money, if somebody gets their money playing poker, 
that's a much cleaner way to get it than working as a pharmaceutical rep. So a lot of the stuff that's like smiled mm -hmm. upon by society as a clean way to earn money is actually at least as criminal as what's considered dirty ways to earn money. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Here's Danielle. Thank you, Anna, for telling about your dad and uh, just sharing that testimony. I'm also believing for my dad and my husband. So if you could just pray and believe with me for their salvation, I would appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, Father, right now we just come before you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for another awesome day that you have made, Lord. We thank you for your son who you sent into a wicked world, Lord, to die on a cross for our sins, not just for us, but also for our family, Father. It says in the word that salvation is for a household. So, Father, we just lift up our family our husbands, our wives, our friends, our our um, co-workers, Lord, anyone that we are, that you know who, the, you know the people that are in our heart, Lord, we just pick them up, Lord. I pick up my father, Lord. I pick up my stepmother. I pick up my family. I, I pick up um, this, I forgot her name, this, this lovely, um, Danielle. her husband, Danielle, her, Danielle, her husband, her family, Lord, we lift them up and everyone else watching, Lord, we just, we, we just bind our faith together in agreement. And we say, Father, that they are yours. The enemy cannot have them. We plead the blood of Jesus on them. Lord, we pray for a sign, a wonder, a miracle, Lord, an encounter, a dream, a vision, Lord. Would you bring someone else from, you know, the people that they don't know, Lord, just come across them and just prophesy to them, Lord, and tell them about the love of Jesus, Lord. Father, we thank you. Danielle is praying for her husband to believe, Lord. How can two be together if they're not equally yoked, Lord? But She's clearly saved and radically loves you, Lord. So I just pray, Lord, that you answer her heart's cry, that her husband know the love of Christ, Lord, in a radical, awesome way, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that he is yours and the enemy cannot have him, Lord. We thank you for this testimony that's coming in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Here's Theodosia. Hey, Jonathan and and. Um, thank you for this. I love this. I just want to give a prayer, um, a prayer request for a, a friend of mine, her son. Um, he is struggling very much f with his walk and identity. And I cannot say his name because. Of course. I apologize. My last time um, I kind of. Let go too early, but I just want a prayer request for a friend, um, son. His name is Joshua. If you can just keep him in prayer, um, he struggled with his identity and and belief in in God, and he kind of went through the same situation as you within himself, not his parents, but just within himself in question God and the existence of God. So I really appreciate it. And I love this app. And I thank you guys. Thank you, Jonathan and Anne. All right. Uh, take it away. You can, you can pray for it. Amen. Father, we, we just lift up this son, Lord. We lift up her friend's son, Lord. And we just say, we just curse the enemy now in Jesus' name. We bind the spirits of confusion, Lord, that have surrounded him and encompassed him, Lord, and are just speaking to his mind, to his spirit. We just cut off 
every demonic spirit around him now in the name of Jesus. I send confusion into the enemy's camp now in the name of Jesus. Father, I just destroy every wicked banner, every wicked altar with this son's name on it, Lord. Father, I just breathe life into him. I breathe truth into him in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you ask you, you send people, Lord, to breathe life, to speak truth over this young man, Lord. And I just, I just pray that he just sees, Lord, whether it be in a vision or in a dream, Lord, or an encounter, Lord, to see the truth that, that, this is, that these are lies from the enemy, Lord. He is your son. We just dedicate him unto you in the name of Jesus. I got to say one thing really quickly. For Danielle, I wanted to say this, and I, I should have said it right away. Um, when, when, uh, when you were speaking and when I was praying for you, I just kept hearing War Room. I don't know if you ever saw that movie War Room. It's a fantastic movie. Um, if you have watch it, I just feel that's what's going to happen to your husband. It, it was, it was a movie of, of, of a wife praying over her husband. She was arguing with him, not to say that you're arguing. I don't know what's going on, but, but, um, she was believing for a miracle that her husband would find the Lord. And he did. It's a great movie. I'm sure you probably already watched it, but the Lord just kept saying war room. So I do believe that your father, your husband's going to come to the Lord and just, just, just watch it for encouragement. Awesome. Here's uh, New Jersey. So question for the both of you. Uh, I was recently given a word of the Lord to go into evangelism, uh, evangelism. And um, what would you give? What kind of advice would you give to make sure not only that I'm fully yielded to the Holy Spirit, but um, also, you know, for getting started in the ministry? My, my advice would be don't go into evangelism because someone gave you a word to go into evangelism. I would... You need to have, like when you're listening to Anna talk, she had personal encounters with God. Prophecy should never be new information for you. Prophecy is a confirmation of what you already know, know in your spirit you're supposed to be doing or to give you direction in the, in the place you're already going so, or, or, or in the direction you're already going. So my advice, obviously all Christians are called to evangelism with a small E to win souls. But if you're going to go into full ministry and leave your job and all that it better not be because some, somebody somebody prophesied over you you know who, who knows who the person is who, who knows their track record if that was the first you heard of it I, I i would uh even god said in the word in the mouth of two or three witnesses let a thing be established so if you were in a service next sunday and some guest speaker who didn't even know you and didn't know the other person called you out and told you the same thing i'd start to pay attention and I'd still wait for I'd still wait for another one because it's a huge. Anybody I've ever met that's called into the ministry, they I've let me put it this way: I've never met anybody that's called, that's in the ministry that that has been in the ministry a long time. I'm talking like Pastor Rodney, forty years, thirty years. If you ever say to him, "How did you get called into the ministry or start in the ministry?" It never starts with someone gave me a word. It starts with stories like Anna was sharing in the beginning where the, the Lord called them. And, the, and then other people, prophecy yes, is a powerful confirmed gift, it. Yes, and then other not, people confirmed it. Mm -hmm. That's right. Y your yeah. thoughts? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, no, that's exactly right. You know, for me, the Lord told me, um, you're not going to medical school. Uh, he, he actually told me, you can if you want to, but you are going to be doing full-time ministry. 
And so I, I was rational, rationalizing with the Lord. I said, well, why would I go to medical school and get into the debt if I'm not going to be a doctor, if I'm going to be, you know, in a ministry? So, you know, the Lord is so cool to give us free will and have a choice. But obviously, He made it really clear what His perfect will is, and so I want to do that. So Jonathan's absolutely right. You know, obviously, I'm new in, in the ministry that the Lord is starting, um, but I would say that it has to be a confirmation. So when the Lord told me that— he confirmed it with other people who came to me and said, hey, you have an international ministry. I see, you know, you're traveling the world and ministering for God, you know, praise the Lord. Pastor Rodney confirmed the word as well. What the Lord told me, it was confirmed. So if, if it's the first time you're hearing it, I would take it to the Lord. You know, I'm Lord, you, you have to tell me. Like I have people come up to me and say, this is your husband, Anna. And I said, well, that's the first time I'm hearing that. Really? I, I, and then and other people kept saying, this is your husband, this is your husband, this is your husband. I, I fasted and prayed for six months, and the Lord finally told me, that is not me. He is not your husband. And I said, wow. And I was very close to signing, but I, I, I told him I'm not going to sign until the Lord tells me he's, you're my husband. And, and he finally said, no, he's not. And the Lord was testing me, showing me, you know, be careful with prophetic words. It has to be a confirmation. It's going to be two, three witnesses, but one of the witnesses will always be the Holy Spirit within you. It's always a confirmation of prophetic words. Unless you're going through a hard time, then the Lord might tell you, hey, this is what you're going to experience because your, your spirit is just longing and broken. But, but let me tell you, it's always a confirmation, especially with ministry or a husband, huge life decisions. They will always be a confirmation to you, not a revelation. Well, well said. I had a lady, at a, or one, a fellow student at Bible college when I was 18, tell me the Lord spoke to her to, that we were to get married, and I didn't act on it. And if it was actually the Lord, I was going to change religion. This is Akeem from Zambia. Thank you, Jonathan. Love you always. And thank you, Anna, so much. Um, definitely following you and we'll be watching. Thanks. We love you. Here's, you here's Pat. Hello, my name is Patrick. Um, I'm the founder of the Touch of God Ministry. Could you please pray for my ministry, sir? I'm believing God for more people to come to the Touch of God Ministry and believe for growth and, and just believing for more people to get saved, healed, and delivered. Thank you, Jonathan. Your ministry has been a blessing to me. You know, God bless you. God love you. Love you, Pat. Father, I thank you for explosive growth in that ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Here is Trump One. Anna, I've been following you since you uh, broke the Alan Perro story. Uh, keep up the good work. Can't wait to hear more about it. Thanks. Yeah, me too. We are waiting. I heard um, April there's going to be more to come with the whistleblower, and it's April now. So I'm hoping I'm praying with you, you know, because I have no more information to release. That was a story that um, helped break. But, yeah, it's, it, it's going to shake the world when that does come out. We're all waiting on Alan. It's not in my control, so praise God, and God bless you. Here is Mr. Cage. Hello, Jonathan and Anna. Uh, this is a fantastic broadcast. Really appreciate it. Anna, um, love the fact that you've decided to relocate to Florida and attend uh, Bible College. That's fantastic. Um, I'm going to ask for a prayer request, if that's okay. Uh, myself and uh, some family are thinking about relocating uh, to that same area. Uh, we visited there a short time ago and attended uh, the River Church and uh, felt blessed by the Lord. And um, we're trying to relocate and uh, we're 
having a lot of obstacles in our way. So uh, we'd ask if you'd pray for us, um, for the Lord to lay down a path and a way um, if that's his will and that's where he wants us to be. Thank you and God bless both of you. Go for it, my my friend. Absolutely. I want to say this before I pray. You know, when, when the Lord spoke to me when I was in Florida for Occupy Conference, the Lord said, this is where you're moving and this is your pastor. I heard it clear as day and I knew the Lord was going to open up ways supernaturally for me to go to Florida. All of a sudden, finances started coming in. He started closing doors in New York. He told me what my job is going to let me go in New York. And they did that same night. Um, I mean, literally, he opens the doors and closes the doors where you're not supposed to be. And so, Father, right now, I just we just come before you, Father, and we just thank you for your perfect will. Let your perfect will be done. Not our will, Lord, but your will. And, Father, we thank you for an awesome pastor that is in Florida, Lord. And Father, I just pray for, for this gentleman and his family, if, if your will, Lord, is for them to move to Florida, Lord, that you open the doors, you supernaturally show them, Lord God, that this is where they are to move, Lord, in the name of Jesus, because there is perfect timing with the Lord. So Father, I thank you for supernatural doors opening. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, any doors that are to be closed in their life, any paths, any ways, Lord, that are not of you, Lord, we close them now in the name of Jesus, and we supernaturally open up, Lord, with no more delay of where they should go in the name of Jesus. And I bless your move wherever it will be. And um, usually, and I want to say this as well, a lot of times with me, when I know I'm in transition, I will have a deep, deep desire to do something. For example, when I was in Florida, I had a deep desire to move there until the Lord spoke to me and confirmed you're actually moving here. I said, oh, praise God. He always does things like that, where I no longer want to be in New York. I knew there was a transition coming of moving out of New York, and then the Lord confirmed it. And so um, that, that desire, that passion, a lot of times it is the Lord, and He puts it in, into your spirit, into your heart. You long for a, a, that location. So I just pray in the name of Jesus that it be His will and His will be done. Amen. Tell me uh, from a curiosity standpoint. I know New York was majorly locked down and, and a lot of businesses and restaurants shut down. Now that they're now that they've kind of relaxed restrictions, like, you know, compared to how it was, how is it now compared to, you know, you've lived there a while. How, how is good it question. It's slowly kind of getting better. I mean, it's still restricted. Um, I think now it, it used to be 25 percent occupancy in the restaurants, which is absolutely Jeez. nothing which is ridiculous because you can barely pay your bills. Um, I, my, I, have, I have friends who've closed down restaurants. I had friends who were fined uh, and lost their liquor license because they had someone in there without a mask. Okay? Oh, my God. $30,000 fine, multiple friends. Okay? So um, they're, the city's not making much money, so they're trying to tax everyone to death and, and literally get people out of business. I mean, it's, it's absurd what, they're doing, what they have done. It's absolutely appalling. You know, the city that never sleeps is still in a coma. But it, it, it's starting to pick up again. I see people finally outside with, like, no mask on. There's, like, now it's, like, 50-50 people have masks on and not. Um, so that's pretty crazy because I was the only one that didn't have a mask on. Um, and uh, so praise the Lord for that. But it's starting to slowly pick up. I haven't been in the city in a long time, so I don't know about the city, but I'm in Brooklyn. And it's, it's starting to get a little better. Mm-hmm. Guys, quick. I'm in Atlantic City at the blackjack table. I just got two nines. I need to know what to do. What do I do? That's my uh, cousin, Teddy. Teddy, go to the top floor of the casino and fling yourself out the window. <laughs> That's right. Do your best option. Yeah, I know, for... I've never played the blackjack or anything like that. No. <laughs> See, people, people group, they think if you play poker, you're just like a, a degenerate gambler. It's actually like, it's different. Yeah, I've um, never 
play those. The, the, well, I, I played them a few times with friends at night, but it was like, ugh, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> tell me, tell me one more thing. Of all sure. the poker players, who's the who's like actually nice <clears throat> in real life? Like very nice. Oh, Phil Hellmuth is really cool. Phil Hellmuth he is, is huh? cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Negron was also cool in person, but you know he hates me because I'm I'm a Trump supporter, um, and he was jealous because he wants to be on Survivor. But um, did he block you? He no, he didn't block. Well, yes, he did block me, and then he also he goes on Vegas radio all the time and blasts my name like consistently all the time. I was yeah, like, but that's that's good though. Yeah, free promotion, right? So they go to my channel and hopefully find Jesus. So that that's fine. I mean, it's all good. But yeah, Phil Helmuth is super cool. Who else? Um, that you guys would know. I mean, there's a bunch that you guys may not know, but I would say Phil is really cool. He's he he's not the brat that you see on TV. He's he's actually a super cool guy. No, and that makes sense because everybody wants him at their their stuff. And if he really was like the ex at the table, you know, nobody would want him around. Right. It's his character, and he plays into it. He's he's a really oh I'll tell you one more person who I absolutely adore who you mentioned in the beginning Doyle Brunson. He's a he's a friend of mine. Um, he's a Christian. He's a Trump supporter. He, he, we talk all the time, you know, private messages and stuff like that. Um, he's, I, I'm actually going to be, actually, oh, I got to reach out to him. I'm going to be in Vegas. I do want to meet him, um, like in person. Cause we've been communicating for years and he always says, I support you. I love what you're doing. I love the ministry and I love Trump. And it's just, and everyone can't stand him when he retweets me. They, they lose their minds. So it's pretty do funny. You, do you know what, <laughs> do you know what happened with him? Uh, Christianity wise earlier in his life? I do not. No. You ever heard of Catherine Kuhlman? Yes, I do. Uh, yes, I did, of course. He, you know, he, he has that cane. He was one of the top basketball players in Texas. And then he was working a summer job unloading 18-wheelers. And the load collapsed on him. So he got prayed for in a C Catherine Kuhlman meeting. And that's how he got, he was going to be like in bad shape the rest of his life. And he got healed. Wow. Then his daughter had a problem. I can't remember what, when she was, when, when she was a girl. And he brought her to one of her meetings, and she got healed. So wow. he, he partnered with her ministry till she passed. So he has, a, you know, he's not just, like, soft to the Lord. He has, like, mm -hmm. a, a full gospel charismatic background. Yeah. Oh, amen. No, I can tell by the things that he was saying to me. I was like, wow, he really, really loves the Lord. That's cool. Where I didn't can, know that about Catherine. <laughs> where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Anna Kate, on Instagram, Real Anna Kate, and on YouTube, Anna Kate. Until I am, uh, right now I have two strikes, so hopefully we'll be back on April 23rd. Keep me in prayer, because a real human is going to go through all of my videos and make sure that I'm not dangerous. So, yeah, keep that Are in Are you prayer. serious? <laughs> I'm not kidding. When they, you, they, wait, when you, when you have a, is that like automatic when you get a second strike? Yeah, so when you have a second strike, they have a real human because before it was bots because so these bots are going through hours and hours of you know just going through t back in time through everyone's videos i mean so many people are getting strikes and being taken down i was really fortunate that um i got one strike months ago on january 21st after the inauguration and then um this one recently so what happens is if you get three strikes within a span of th 90 days you'll be taken down um, so I'm grateful they could have just hit my account three times in one night. You know, they didn't do that. So um, it gave me time to delete the other videos, which is so frustrating because I never want to delete. But and, and I want to say side note, by the way, people tell me, well, why don't you just go go to Rumble, like delete YouTube? No, that's moronic to delete YouTube. All yeah. the souls are on YouTube. There's youth, billions of them on YouTube. 
I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to delete my account. If they want to take me down, that's their prerogative. I will start another one. This is my second channel. The first one they deleted as well because I was talking about sex trafficking and pedophiles and all that jazz. But this one is all about the ministry. And so I'm not leaving unless they kick me out. <laughs> but in Jesus' no, name, no weapon formed against. Did, yeah. I, did I tell you what happened to our channel last month? No, what happened? Uh, we... You know, we never had any strikes or anything. Then we got a warning, a strike, and then a second strike, like it <gasps> real quick. So really? we stopped. We stopped broadcasting until the strike <laughs> cleared, and yeah. uh, it makes sense now what you said because I didn't know somebody goes back and goes through all your stuff. So then, then right as mm -hmm. our one strike's getting ready to lift, the one the day before, it we got a message. We've been permanently banned for for multiple. We found multiple violations and are banning you. So I didn't even appeal it because. I knew from their perspective, there's there's no chance uh, I had a case. Wait, so, wait, 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 so, wait, wait. So wait, so you had two strikes. One of them was expiring because here's the thing: I have two strikes. One of them is expiring on April twenty, April twenty second. But the review, uh, April twenty third. Um, oh, are you kidding me? So, so no, they said so it, it would be the equivalent of like getting. I got this message the day before our second strike was going to expire. So oh, we, wow. we we found multiple violations, and you're you're permanently off. So. Oh I don't God. appeal or anything. And then at noon sure. the next day, we get a message from them that, that there's been a mistake. Your account's been reinstated. We're, we're taking the strike wow. away. It didn't make any sense because I didn't, you know, nothing changed, you know? <sighs> yeah, they're but, coming after Christians and, you know, Trump supporters. But it puts you in a weird happen. position because knowing they can yank that out from under you anytime, it, it just, like, it don't feel to promote it. You know what I mean? Because totally. wh why are you going to like thrust your whole weight behind something that can get taken from you right away? So I don't know. Uh, so we haven't. No, it's true. I'm, 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 I agree. I'm, I'm totally annoyed. Um, I, I'm going to I feel very restricted now. That's why I'm not broadcasting until, you know, it's t the first strike is taken off on April 23rd. Um, and, and once I have one strike, I'm going to go back to talking like I normally talk. I will talk in code, you know, C-19. I'm not going to say COVID or coronavirus for the bots. You've got to be smart. So, you know, I'll say C-19, I'll say shot. I won't say vaccine, I'll say shot. Um, or I'll say V or whatever. Um, I'll still talk about the topics here and there. You know, I'll feel more comfortable with one strike, not with two. Two is two is in dangerous waters, but praise well, the Lord, this is his ministry. So don't well, mess with the Lord. You're doing a great job, and I'm, I'm happy for you in advance for going down to, to Florida. You're going to have a, a great time at that church. Thanks for coming yes, on. And I, amen. It was so fun. I actually saw your wife when I was there for the women's conference. It was a great women's conference, right? It was a fantastic women's conference. Yes. And Jonathan, this was so fun. We got to do this again. Let me know anytime. This was fun. God bless everyone listening and on replay and live. I love you. I bless you all in the name of Jesus. Thanks, Anna. Have a great day. You too. Bye, guys. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.